This is the Family Culture Project, episode 48, Sanity Saving Tips for Parents with guest Andrea Galbraith. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. Parenting can be both thrilling and overwhelming at times. There are highs and there are lows. Then, just when you have it all figured out, things change. However, having a go-to plan and strategies in place will help you weather the ups and downs and maintain your sanity. So the title of this week's episode says it all. Our guest, Andrea Galabrath, is sharing with us her sanity-saving tips for parents. And our guest says that these tips will make it easier for you by showing you how to get your kids to listen, to reduce unwanted behavior, and improve parenting skills. And I don't know about you, but I could use all of that. That's for sure. I definitely need a few tips in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) I know for myself, I feel the most confident when I have a plan in place or when I have sort of structure around how I'm parenting. That may sound unneeded, right? Structure to parenting. What does that really mean? When I say that, I mean sort of a set of almost rules in place for myself about how I'm going to deal with things before they happen. You know, I read in The Power of Habit, people that were coming out of rehab and the people that had a contingency plan and a plan for when things went awry, those were the people that were most successful in their rehabilitation, more so than the people that were just confident in the work that they did and figured they'd wing it when they go along. And so when it comes to parenting, having a set of rules, a set of standards, or, or having a plan for how you're going to deal with the ups and downs that are inevitably going to come in parenting, it sets you up for success. It sets your family up for success. It sets your culture up for success. And so I know for me, when I have a plan in place, when I have an expectation that things are not going to go perfect, but I know how I'm going to deal with them in advance, that's when I'm confident and how I respond. And that's when I feel most successful as a parent. You know, what's fun. I think when we have an unexpected response, meaning that if they do, if one of our children do something wrong, and we thought through how we're going to respond in a calm and then then consistent way, meaning that we, we do this consistently, the kids are thrown a little bit off because they think, oh, mom and dad's going to be upset. But you, mm-hmm. you, you respond in a calm, cool, collected way. And, and there's a learning out of that for them. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, one of the things that I brought into my parenting, which I'm starting to change my perspective on is something that Andrea talked about is that reinforcing positive behavior is far more effective than punishing bad. And when I first started out parenting, I thought that that's how you parent. I thought that if I could just get my kids to behave properly and there'd be a punishment if they didn't behave properly, that we could get them in line and that they would always act the way I wanted them to act. And I quickly realized that that doesn't work. Um, We talk in this podcast episode about consequences for actions is much different than being punished and trying to um, use that as a way to change behavior. change behavior. And so I think that if there was one thing I really got out of our conversation with her, it was a reminder of that principle so that I can approach my kids much differently. So that I've, I've, I've started to open my eyes to opportunities to reinforce what I want them to do. So I'm shifting the focus and that's really helped me when I approach situations um, that are unexpected. Yeah, it's a great reinforcement. We've talked about it in other podcasts, is, which it's, it's, it's about your values. So you can speak to the values that you have as a family and you establish as a family rather than 
a particular behavior. You know, mm-hmm. you can speak to how that behavior doesn't really align with our values so that it's not attacking them. It's really just pointing them to what's consistently in our home so that they get it and they can absorb it and they, they're they not taking it defensively and therefore mm-hmm. it has no ability to affect or change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think where I've gotten this wrong in the past definitely is in consistency. I haven't always been consistent in my response to them and I realize that mm-hmm. that is confusing for them and it keeps me on this emotional roller coaster. You know, I, I found myself in the past parenting based on how I feel on any given day so when I don't have a strategy in place, um, which you'll you'll listen in this episode and you'll hear these strategies, they're they're really simple. They're almost obvious, right? But if I if I have in mind that I'm going to use this strategy and this strategy, and then something happens and I go to that strategy, I never have to feel guilty about the mistakes I've made out of anger. I never have to regret things I've done because I was just having a bad day and I didn't have the tools I needed to deal with my children. But it also allows them to have safety and security because they know what they can expect from a mom and dad. Yeah, the consistency is really important. And, and to that point, though, we still don't get that perfect, but it's the consistency that you get it right 90% of the time or 80% mm-hmm. of the time is enough. Don't make itself feel that we still get this right all the time, but it's it's one of those things that the consistency, you see it over time, and even though you might not be perfect every time, that consistency really helps. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, what these, these sanity-saving tips helps us do as parents is get on the same page so I think that's another place where we've fallen short in the past and I think we're getting better at is that there is the same response from mom that they're getting from dad it's not like when mom's around this is what happens when I misbehave or this is what happens when I test the boundaries Um, and then when dad's home it's a completely different experience so having us on the same page and applying these tips allows there to be consistency in our home and it's that consistency that builds the culture when you live in an environment where you don't know how to behave and where everything's situational and where every response and everything that you do is just kind of based on what I can get away with this day or what's going to work this day, you're not building a strong, consistent, thriving culture. You're really just at the whims of everybody's mood. And and that's not a way to um, feel good about parenting and being successful in parenting. That's too chaotic. I mean, it gives the kids, the consistency um, builds within the kids the power to call out the lack of consistency as well, mm-hmm. meaning that if we're getting it wrong, they can quickly kind of point us back to mm-hmm. how our approach isn't, mm-hmm. how we normally approach it or isn't aligning with our values. So it gives them the power of mm-hmm. that I know this is not consistent. So, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we said earlier, this is... Um, This is just like knowing your values. It's important because it allows you to weather the ups and downs of life, but it also allows you to know what's expected. And so when a situation arises, you already know how you're going to respond and you don't have to overthink it or think about it too much. And I think that um, especially as your kids are older and, and have the ability to sit down and talk about what's expected of them, you can go over these steps with them and say, hey, I just want you to know that this is, this is how I'm parenting you and this is what you can expect from me and so there's no like wondering there's no none of them wondering what's going to go in any given situation you don't have to you don't have to keep them to yourselves like especially as our kids get older if I say hey 
this is what I'm going to do in this situation. This is unacceptable and remind them of the, the, the sort of rule I have in place for myself, then they don't take my instruction or my correction personally. They know that it is just the way it is. It is the way what it's what goes in this house and it is how mom parents. And so it takes sort of that emotional component out of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's so important. I, I, I think about how, how emotional individually we are throughout a day. Um, and, and how we have our own thoughts of ups and downs. And if we're parenting through all those emotions, we're so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But if you have that strong foundation and you can, despite some of your your ups and your own, your own ups and downs and thoughts and so forth, you default back to that consistent mm-hmm. approach. It gets you through that mm-hmm. and, and, and it creates that stability that the kids and the safety, I, I, I call it safety as well, mm-hmm. that the kids need. Yeah. So what you should be listening for in this episode is the examples that Andrea gives. Not only did she give you these tips, but she's also explaining what they look like in everyday real time. You'll also hear that she has a free resource that she's made available to parents with even more tips than she's sharing on this episode. Not only that, um, she'll talk about her experience as a parenting coach. And so she's seen many different situations that parents deal with, but she's able to say these principles work no matter what your situation is. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and your resources in a way that lines up with your family values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. You can find the link to it in the show notes or go to the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Andrea Galbraith. Andrea is an author, speaker, and creator of the Save Your Sanity Parenting and Health and Happiness Mastermind. She lives in beautiful Southern California with her blended family of five children, three dogs, and a cat named George. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Um, I've been following you for some time on social media, and I really enjoyed hearing you talk about parenting. Um, You call yourself a parenting coach, and you also offer parent strategy sessions. So that's new. Sounds familiar. Sounds like something I might need, but (laughs) tell tell me more about what these sessions are and actually, and even what they're not. Okay. Well, um, when parents reach out to me, it's usually because there's, they have an issue with a specific behavior or several behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the parent strategy session is a way for me to uh, talk to them about exactly what's going on, figure out the patterns of the behavior. Mm-hmm. And then we actually come up with a really specific plan on how they're going to tackle the behavior. Mm-hmm. But, most, but more importantly, a lot of the times when parents are chatting with me, they're focusing on punishing behavior. And they think that if they come up with a really strong punishment or a way to, um, yeah, well, to punish the behavior, then they'll, they'll make it go away. But ideally the approach, the better approach is encouraging more of the behavior they want to see. So I help them come up with a plan to get that to happen. Mm -hmm. And then should the unwanted behavior show up, they have a plan on how to deal with that too. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I do feel like uh, we, we've so gotten away from 
being surrounded by community and even being around people that have been there, done that with children older than ours or who've, who know what works and doesn't work. And we're not getting that sort of information we need. We might get a lot of parenting books about, you know, ways to discipline and way to curb the behavior. But um, yeah, I think it's fantastic to have someone come alongside you as a parent and say, hey, let's come up with some strategy and, and work through that. So that's yes. fantastic. Yes. And um, it's already been proven that the best way to encourage a behavior is through positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And then behavior, I I love behavior. I've always, I've always watched people and I always like to look for patterns of behavior. And I'm sure I will, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but you know, positive reinforcement is essentially adding something to a behavior to make it keep happening. Mm -hmm. And people love to feel good and they love to be rewarded. And so it's, it's, more powerful to give lots of attention or reward the behavior you want to stay as opposed mm-hmm. to always trying to punish bad behavior away. Right. And that's the approach I take with everything. Yeah. People love to feel good and they remember how they feel when you're with them. So might yeah. as well make them feel good. Yeah. Does yeah. that though eliminate the consequence completely or is there no. still consequence when there is bad behavior? No, um, it doesn't eliminate the consequence at all. And in behavioral terms, consequence is neutral. So mm. when someone makes a good choice, there's a good consequence. So it's right. what happens after the behavior. And mm. if somebody or a child is making poor choices, then there is a consequence for that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of getting kids to work towards having the consequence that feels good versus mm. a consequence that doesn't feel good. Like timeout is a consequence that doesn't always feel good. But, um, you know, getting a a high five or praise or even earning certain things like popcorn on a Friday with mom to watch a movie is a good consequence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So on your website, you offer a resource that includes 10, your top 10 sanity saving tips. And I've had a chance to look at them. I've heard you talk about them on Instagram, and I'd love for you to share just a handful of them with us today. Okay. Well, um, so there are 10, but I have a few favorites. And okay. I think if, if, the, if parents would just implement these few, they would see a, a, a big difference in the relationship with their child and how their child responds to what it is that they want. Mm-hmm. The, biggest, the biggest one is learning to give really clear instructions. A lot of times parents are asking questions and whenever a question is asked, it makes no acceptable answer or, or you're asking for an opinion. Mm-hmm. And though the, um, the example I like to give when parents or say they're at Chuck E. Cheese or at a party and it's time to go. And instead of saying we're leaving now or even giving a warning in five minutes, we're leaving, they say, are you ready to go? And, <laughs> and their kids having a great time. And then their kid says, no, I'm not no. ready to go. And sometimes parents will see that, see that as defiance, but, right. what, but they ask their kid a question and their child answered honestly. Yeah. So teaching parents to give an instruction um, and I find this with moms, a lot of times they think it's rude or they sound bossy. So I teach them to frame their instructions with phrases like, I need you to, your job is to, or it's time to, mm-hmm. until they can figure out ways that feel a little better for them. Mm-hmm. And, and then that way there's no miscommunication on what the expectation is. Mm-hmm. So learning to give good, clear instructions is really important. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, you know, there's sometimes when I have to remind myself that I that I need to be specific because mm-hmm. I, as my kids get older, I assume they know exactly what I mean and they don't. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and just because yeah, and just because they we've maybe something we've asked them to do around the house and they've seen us do it a bunch of times, it doesn't mean they were actually paying attention. So I can't exactly. expect them to do it like I did it because guess what? I didn't actually ever explain to you what I meant or exactly. what, how it should be done. Yeah. Yep. And I'll also, because kids are kids and they live in the moment and they can be forgetful, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to repeat the instruction. Like it shouldn't have to be all the time, all the time, but um I think a lot of times parents think because they said it once or sometimes even twice yeah. that the kids are going to remember. And it's just, it's just not that way. I'm 42 and I don't remember things that happened like <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Sometimes. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm okay with having an instruction repeated and yeah. I think kids deserve that as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what's your next one? Um, so I, I guess I approached, I talked about it in the first strategy is tell them what you want in advance. Mm. And I think this, this sets everybody up for success. Like, Mm. um, when my kids were little and even now is when my youngest is a teenager where, when we were going to the store every single time before I went in the store, I would say, we're going into target. Um, Mm. your job is to stay by me, use your inside voice and keep your hands to yourself. And then, and when they were old enough, I had them repeat it and I had made sure that we, they had eye contact. And that would really set them up for understanding what it is that I expected. And then I would, um, instead of them getting in the store, seeing something that they love, and then they run away because they're so excited (laughs) because they see something and then they're like, come back. Yeah. It's easier to stop the behavior before it starts. Yeah. So being able to identify what you want in advance and letting your kids know. Yeah. I find that, that I do that like before we go to grandma's, like we're in the car and I'm like, we're not going to be on our phones. We're going to ask good questions. We're going to engage. We're going to be present because no one wants to get to grandma's and have to have that discussion in front of her. Like, put away right. your phone, pay attention to your grandmother. Exactly. <laughs> like, have a conversation. like that eliminates that awkwardness and it eliminate, it gives them, you know, an expectation of what their experience is going to be like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's, it's important and it saves space for everybody. Like you said, yeah. instead of just, you know, always correcting kids in front of others. And that can be embarrassing. Just get it taken care of before. It's like the expectation. Yeah. I like that. So I, yeah, I love this one. And this one is really good too. And this goes to people remember how you made them feel. And that includes kids. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to catch your child when they're being good. And I Mm -hmm. put that in air quotes, but when they're behaving in a way that is appropriate and acceptable and wanted. So Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my house, in my program, I have an online program and I talk about creating your house rules and I frame it like a policy and procedure manual. When you go to, mm-hmm. to, um, when you work, there are expectations for behavior and what you're supposed to do. Um, and I had rules like that in my house, but my rules were more, you know, be kind, keep your hands to yourself, gentle touches only that kind yep. of thing. And when I would see my kids, And to this day, when my kids are doing something that I appreciate, I let them know. And a lot of times, uh, or what I hear, one of the arguments is I shouldn't have to praise my kids all the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be praised. It's just giving attention when kids Mm -hmm. are behaving in a way that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like um, my son, who um, can be forgetful. He's probably my youngest. My 14-year-old is the most forgetful out of the bunch. And so he requires a little more attention when he's doing what he's supposed to do and the struggle with us has always been the backpack. He, he drops mm-hmm. his backpack in the door. 
So when he remembers, I just say, dude, you remember to put your backpack in, in your bedroom. I love it. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough. It's us, and yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. And then he smiles and he's like, thanks mom. And yeah. you know, he, he feels good. And I don't make yeah. a big show of, of it. You don't have yeah. to, that's unrealistic, but. No, but that even applies to our relationships. I mean, I think of that in marriage, um, you know, when we first, me and my husband first got married and we've talked about this recently, so I think I can share it. Um, It was a bit, you know, he loved that I would get up and make his lunch and his breakfast before he left. And, you know, it was like, oh, you're amazing. And then years later, I'm like, it's been 18 years and like, I'm getting up out of bed to make your lunch. I would just appreciate that you just like acknowledge that this is still going on. (laughs) Yes. Right, you just want acknowledgement. Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. feels good. So when he, yeah. now, you know, and because I, I did mention it to him, I'm like, I feel like you kind of are taking this for granted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and no, he's been he's been great. He's now like, hey, babe, thanks for lunch. Like, thanks for remembering. And oh, I love that. But it's true. Like, I feel like there's, when the kids are really little, we were like, we're so excited for everything they're doing right. And then as they get older, it trails off, but they really need it, especially as they're teenagers and, and they're getting a hard time from everything they do at school or from their friends or who they're not measuring up to. And so I think it is important to, to, um, continue that in in your relationships. Yeah. And it keeps the behavior going. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, when, when, a, when a parent is trying to change a behavior initially, it's important to be heavy handed in the praise because you want to create the habit of the behavior. Yeah. Um, but once that behavior is you know, routine and you can, um, you can stop praising as often, but right. it, it should be intermittent at least. And yeah, it, it never stops completely. Yeah. 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 So I, I like that one. And I just, I also like seeing people smile, whether it's kids or adults and Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I teach fitness classes mm-hmm. and, um, I use these strategies in my fitness classes. And a lot of times people will come and say, you know, I don't think I've ever worked so hard. I've never <laughs> sweat so much. I've never worked so hard. And I'm like, that's because I use the strategy. You yeah. know, I tell them what I want, you yeah. know, instead of just saying good job and specific, I give eye contact, I yeah. praise them. I tell them exactly. And then they're like, Oh, you should notice. And yeah. Then, you know, oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I take a tennis clinic on Fridays and they rotate the teachers and I'll tell you, my favorite teachers are the ones that are like, that was nice. And they're specific about like, what, they just acknowledge that I like did with the, the, the skill that they just taught. Like they yes. just let me know that they see me, that I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm, my energy level is so much higher when I'm with that teacher than with them with the other teacher. Right. So I get it. it makes- it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you experienced yeah. that. I'm glad you yeah. have teachers who do that. Yeah. I think that's good. Yes. And then, um, so my next one um, is important because attention is a very powerful behavior shaping tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever get, gets attention stays. So as often as a parent can, um, they should ignore unwanted behavior. So mm-hmm. behavior that's not dangerous to the child or somebody else or will destroy something. There's a way to, you know, it, it's important to ignore it because when that behavior is given attention, it's, it's, it grows. It's, mm. it's like adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. And a lot of times parents say, well, I don't know if I can ignore that. Um, and my next, my next favorite is a contingency statement. So we can talk about that too. Saying when then, when you're, if a child is tantruming, when you're quiet, then I can talk to you. Yeah. Or when, if they're whining, when you use your big girl words, then I can listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then turning off all attention. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that with my daughter when she was eight months old. 
So I didn't learn these stress. So I have, I really did. I have three kids. I have three kids. Um, my oldest is 24. My daughter is going to be 18 next month. And my youngest is 14. Mm-hmm. And I learned these strategies uh, when my oldest was three. It's when I was my first social work job. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to see if this works with my infant. And I remember she was sitting in her high chair. I was trying to, I was introducing a new food and she was having none of it. And she was <laughs> having a fit. And every time she would cry, I would very dramatically turn my back. And then, you know, when babies take that breath, because mm-hmm. they're like, what's happening? I would turn around dramatically yeah. again and say, yeah. are you done? And <laughs> she'd pause for a second. And if she started to cry, I dramatically turn around yeah. again. Um, and she picked it up so quickly that mm. I wasn't, I wasn't going to um, give attention to that tantruming behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I did it with my youngest too. My my fourteen year old was a little tougher, but um, yeah, it worked with all mm-hmm. of them. And very like from that, I they didn't have many tantrums. My oldest did, and I didn't use these strategies with him. Yeah, my youngest too didn't have. Um, many tantrums because they knew I was not having anything to do with it. Uh, mm-hmm. The rule was use your words. And so they would, you know, they would get upset. Being upset is okay. You know, yeah. when you get upset, there's a way to, to manage that. And I remember my daughter when she was, she was a good talker. She was um, two and a half or something. I got upset with her about something and um, she went into her room, slim. No, she was whining or something. And I said, you know what? I see you're upset right now. So you can go in your room and when you're ready to talk to me, I'll listen. So she goes into her room and uh, slams the door, and, which usually wasn't allowed in my house, but mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to pick my battles with this one. Yeah. And then <laughs> I heard a couple of stomps and I think that was the one time she threw something and I'm like, am I going to go in there? And like, I, I let it go. So she comes out, she's two and a half. She puts her hand on her hip and she said, I already used my big old words. I'm like, perfect. Let's chat. So- <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it was with my kids because I wasn't going to add fuel to that yeah. behavior. So ignore as often as you can, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> that's great. Oh, but yeah. it does work with the condition, you know. Yes, you're ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm ready to listen, mm-hmm. and I want to know what's on your mind. And mm-hmm. now, my kids, when they're upset, they'll just come up and say, "Mom, I'm really angry right now." Even if they're angry at me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I just. Um, I expect them to be respectful when they talk mm-hmm. to me. I expect them to use words that, um, that I, you know, I can relate to as mm-hmm. best as we, you know, we can as parent and child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like, rudeness doesn't fly in my house and they know yeah. I won't listen. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I often tell my kids like, I'm, I know you, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, but you cannot slime all over me and everybody else just because you're upset. Exactly. Not okay. No, (laughs) exactly. And as long as, and if parents are consistent with ignoring that behavior Mm -hmm. behavior or not engaging in it, Mm -hmm. then it goes away. Kids realize that it doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, there are functions to behavior and one of them is getting attention. And if a child thinks they're going to get attention by behaving that way, they're going to use it. Everybody wants attention, especially kids. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, those were fantastic. So tell our listeners where they can get the rest of those tips because you have five more of those tips that you want to share with us. Where can we go to get them? 
Yes, they can go to andreagalbreth.com forward slash the number 10, one zero behavior tips. I also have a link on my Instagram, Andrea Galbraith, that they can see um, the tips and my parent strategy sessions Mm -hmm. and my online program. Oh, fantastic. And your online program, um, is it available all the time? Do you do it in semesters? What's the scoop with with that? And tell us a little bit about that too. Well, my online program, it's called Save Your Sanity Parenting, and it's available all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, once a year, I go live all, um, several times a week in the group, and I'm actually doing that starting April 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I offer a lot of additional bonuses. Um, and I actually created a coupon code for you, for all your listeners, if oh, they fantastic. want to. Yeah, it's just Family Culture 25, if they okay. put that in, and it gives them 25% off. Okay. Um, and so this time starting April 8th, I'm going to go live once a week in the, in our private Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And if people can't, um, join live, then they'll, they'll get the replay. And I'm actually going to be coaching people online. So I'm going to bring them in. Mm-hmm. And that's something I just do uh, once a year. So that's why it's like a really good time to mm-hmm. get in. But otherwise the videos are always available. The downloads are always available. And even the replays are available. Um, and here's, what's interesting is that I, you know, I added my fitness, I, I have an online fitness program too. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. So, cause a lot of times moms want, they don't know how to balance getting themselves healthy and happy yeah. with, um, raising their kids. So now they get both. I oh, have, I had fantastic. a friend who said, why don't you combine them? Like, good idea. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so gosh. When you start taking too. care of yourself, you can be a better mom in a better way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right. Great. So. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This is fun. Yeah. I can't wait to practice some of these. (laughs) Yay. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) I will. You can find Andrea's Save Your Sanity Parenting course at saveyoursanityparenting.com. You can find Andrea at andreagalabrath.com. She's on Instagram and YouTube as Andrea Galabrath. You'll find all of the links to this in your show notes. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.